Everybody's Golf, 8 Minute Empire and Zoo Ball. This is Staying In. If, um, because we're recording quite late, I've, I, I, I haven't... Obviously, it's not. It's not. Hmm. I don't think it's called bitching the pot. If you have coffee, is it? Um, is it? Yeah, because it's still in a pot, isn't it? No, no. You don't make coffee in a pot. Yeah, no, but you don't make tea in a pot. You can make tea in a pot. You can mm. make coffee in a pot. Yeah, you can make coffee in a pot in a coffee pot. That's can a cafetiere. No, a coffee pot is the. I've seen all seven seasons of Gilmore Girls. I know how coffee's made. Um, is yeah, you are an authority. They use those little bags. Yeah. They've got the coffee in it, the little filter bags. It's what you get a filter coffee in, in one of those little coffee... So that's a coffee machine? No, not a coffee machine. Well, the machine makes the coffee, but inside the vestibule that contains the brown chocolatey liquid of coffee is called a coffee pot. You know, it's slightly rotund, and it's got the little white handle, and the American people come round, and they go, you want more coffee? From this <laughs> I mean, you've not you've not ever been around Americans, have you? Um, uh, they've not they don't actually sound like that at all. Um, I tell you what, though, I'm, I, yeah, I've had to. I'm having a dangerous amount of um, well, coffee and caffeine for such a late night. Well, it's it's, it's nine. It's five past nine. Oh my well, god! Why are you having so much caffeine? Post watershed. Well, because. Yeah, it's post watershed exactly. Um, I'm having it because I'm tired. I've been to the gym, as you can see, with my uh, branded. So, you're, so, you're, so at top. nine o'clock, you're so tired that you can barely keep your eyes open. So you're having to have extra amounts of caffeine just to stay awake. Dan, the magic that I produce for this recording every fortnight takes energy, discipline. I'd feel sorry for Alex that after this recording, she's got to hang out with a hyped-up thirty-something yeah, yeah. in Just sweaty like, gym oh, gear. Oh, have you thought of this thing? Mm, how, why don't we Why don't we talk about this thing for two hours? Um, yeah. So I've got that, and I've also got um, I've also got a bounty box, which I will. Uh, <laughs> the post gym snack. The post gym snack. Just when you think that Pete has kind of repaired his diet. <laughs> mm-hmm. We see, we see an, an evening filled with coffee and bounties. <laughs> Caffeine's actually really good pre-exercise um, Is it? treat. Yeah, it's it's really good because it just helps kickstart your metabolism. So in terms of like breaking down the energy that you need. So so, so are bounties. So well, n- not not so much. Um, Did I ever tell you about the time that I went to the gym and I uh, misunderstood how energy works? <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, electrical energy. It just didn't turn on the treadmill. No, I'd not done much exercise before, so um, I was I was gonna go like kind of go to the gym on my lunch break. So I was like, you know mm. what, I need some energy. I'm gonna go do this, do like a, a class. So I need some energy for us. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna have something to eat before I go. Which I, mm. I'm sure you're thinking that's a good idea. Maybe energy some bar. kind of slow burning energy. So that maybe yeah, some banana. Fruit, maybe banana. Yeah. yeah. What I went for was uh, a chicken sandwich, a packet of crisps, <laughs> and a yogurt. A child's <laughs> lunchbox. Yeah. Um, literally, I got through the class. It nearly killed me. And then when I got back to the office, I had to go just sit in the bathroom and just because I thought, oh, I'm going to throw up. Um, yeah, because you thought, you yeah. thought my yog pots, they're going to be coming back <laughs> up. So glad he skipped the baby bell. I had a shower after, going, after kind of uh, finishing the workout. And it, it took me probably like... And you, when you're in the gym, you go to the shower and you're like, you're in it for like, 
two minutes and that's it. You you wash and you get out. It's not a place to linger. But I I couldn't. Mm. I just thought I need to just stay here under the, just with water because it's the only just, the only thing. Just like your your what? hand resting against the tiles, like <laughs> the water yes. dripping down you, like like oh god, like. It, that, oh, you know, what a workout! An exaggeration. That's exactly what was happening. Oh, I can feel the prawn cocktail coming out my pores. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> is it is it true that they they weren't allowed to sell king size chocolate bars anymore? So they just started selling them as two small ones. Yeah, it was part of. It's a genius part of the um, of the chocolate industry and how capitalism generally works. So part of you know the reason like now it's called shrinkflation, is it where. Um, things that used to be bigger are now a lot smaller than we remembered and that's partly due to capitalist greed but it's mainly it's due to government legislation on things like childhood obesity and all this kind of stuff also also we have bigger hands so the stuff now looks smaller Hmm. well yeah we do have bigger hands than when we were young so a lot of chocolate companies are basically what they've done is they've to easily get by meeting government standards on like food and the amount of sugar and stuff is just to decrease the amount th- just the size of the bar rather than like lessening the amount of sugar and fats are in it mm, so smart. one of the parts of legislation was that chocolate companies weren't allowed to make and it was the same thing that prevented mcdonald's having supersized meals uh was to they weren't allowed to make like massive king size bars anymore so one way that Cadbury got around doing this was instead of having like massive huge bars was to make to keep the massive bar but basically split it in two so then it was up to the person eating it to have the self-restraint not to eat a foot long of chocolate because they can just go well and you know they advertise it as such like it's you know whisper duo have one in your breakfast and then have one for your tea Whoa, it's sensible eating. But everyone knows they get halfway through a double-decker duo and just went, no, nah, that, that, nah, I've, start, I've started so I'll finish. No, I'm the, sort of, <laughs> I'm the sort of person who... I've got a little I've got a little food clip in my pocket and I just go, oh, no, no, this is my one portion that I've had. I remember when I was a kid, I'd get a ton of Easter eggs and I would just generally eat them all in about 48 hours. My sister would just stockpile yeah. them. Like we get to June and there'd be Easter eggs still in her bookcase. Well, that's a sensible way to eat food, isn't it? Also, I like the fact that Chris paused very, very briefly to think what's a yeah. human amount of time to leave <laughs> to actually consume all the eggs. So I ate them only 48 hours. Uh, uh, hours? It reminds me of the time when, um, before I was born, um, my auntie, auntie Nettie, who we talked about before, she used to live in Geneva for like 10 years as an au pair. Um, like a nanny for kids and things. And she'd send letters, written letters to my my mum, her sister. And um, she knew that my dad really liked tracker bars. Everyone likes that. Everyone knows, everyone in the family, that my dad just used to just forage away and just loves eating tracker bars and nuts and things. <laughs> Bombay mix. Tracker um, derby. Track, yeah. Um, yeah. So apparently they, they were, my parents were sat in bed and they got this letter from my auntie from Janine. Well, that must have been weird. Postman walks in. Jesus. <laughs> No, it was just it was tied to a brick, um, <laughs> an owl, <laughs> and um, and my dad saw this this picture this this tracker bar esque thing from Geneva with a picture of a, a squirrel on it. So he goes, "Ooh!" And being like me, my jeans, he starts eating it straight away. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's barely out of the envelope, and he's already halfway through it. 
And my mum's reading this letter from Nettie saying, oh, Geneva's lovely, went up the Jura Mountains, it was all great. Um, how are you getting no. on? P.S. No. Enclosed no. is a bar for the hamster. Hold it. <laughs> God's sake. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I don't, I don't blame your family. I mean, I know you weren't born, Chris, but I don't think you've ever shared on this podcast the story of the fact that your parents used to have to wait until you'd gone to bed to order Chinese food. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and, and at about... So it'd be like 11 o'clock at night, they'd hear a creak on the stair, because I'd come downstairs, because I'd smelt it. And I'd come downstairs. <laughs> you were still asleep. Yeah, you'd, you'd bolted upright, like in bed. Like Nosferatu. Like, like, They've done it again. <laughs> so I'd sneak downstairs, and it was like this like midnight banquet, like a second dinner, and I'd have a little bit of pork chasseuan. I just I love the fact that it's just like they're sitting there starving, and it's just like you, just like, oh, well... Better go and hit that old dusty trail. It's just like they're just waiting there. It's like finally yeah. we can eat now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like a sort of slightly more middle class Hunger Games, isn't it? Really, in your house. Did you uh, did you guys watch the game last night? I did. The game. The game. The game. Yeah, I did. No. Um, is this Peter's fantasy like, football? There was some Rocket League esports on last night. I saw like two minutes of that. All right, okay. No, I, I'm talking about actual sport. Yeah, you know, yeah, live sport. kind of physical people running around a pitch doing sporty things. That on a TV. terrible. That sounds terrible. Pete, have you ever been into any sport? Have yeah. you, has, there, has there ever been a live sporting event that you said, yes, that's for me? Hang on, hang on. Yeah, Before he opens his mouth, can we all guess? Mm. I reckon um, I reckon Pete's a, a golfing man I'm going to say I reckon he watched a bit of golf I'm going to say Formula One mm. The thinking man's sport That's, that's, interesting, a, man. that's an interesting I just imagine him seeing the people there with all the screens And him thinking Also, it's an easy video game Yeah It's, an, it's a sport you can easily transform into a video game So sure, I think sure. he would have got something out of that Sure I'm going to go with Chris? snooker. 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 Mm. The thinking man's game. <laughs> well, it shows it shows how well you all know me. Because it was really powerlifting. I used to watch all three of those. Yes, all three of them. I'm Love a bit of golf. Watched watched the Masters a couple of years ago. I, I, whenever I whenever I can watch the golf, if it's like on in a pub or whatever, and I'm in there, like I will absolutely watch the golf. <laughs> Cancel my plans. Um, cancel my plans. I must watch Nick Faldo put a white ball into a Nick's hole. Faldo. Um, <laughs> Nick Faldo hasn't played golf in 15 years. The Dwight York of golf. But here's the thing, here's the thing. What pubs are you going into? Is there some sort of, t- <laughs> yeah. is there some sort of tear in space and time where Dwight York's still playing football and Nick Faldo's yeah. still playing professional yeah, I, golf? I go, into the, I go into the pub from Goodnight Sweetheart. <laughs> and there's, there's a... Uh, there's a uh, so... Formula One, I, I, I followed that pretty religiously for about four years. Damon um, Hill, yeah, all the yeah, the all Damon the stars. Hill, absolutely, yeah, the Damon Hill and Michael Schumacher. Nigel Mansell. I, yeah, I came out of it just as Michael Schumacher was starting his massive um, was it eleven, twelve, thirteen year streak, or whatever it was, of mm. being a Formula One champion. Um, and then snooker is my is my. I like to sit down and relax and, and watch that 
it is relaxing. Um, yeah. I agree with you, Pete. I um, don't follow it at all. I don't know anything about the players. But there's something quite relaxing. Just about the physics of it. Same with golf. I love all three of those. I love absolutely all three of those. And uh, it is fortuitous uh, that you talk about uh, one of those because golf is one of the things that I have been doing digitally. Oh. There was me and Sam Thanks. wanting to talk about football, yeah, and Pete brought it back round to his well, do you wanna, story. Well, uh, I, don't, I don't think I want to talk about it too much because I think Sam and I are going to play everybody's golf together well, uh, pre- pretty soon, hopefully. Okay, your challenge for later on in the podcast, right? Okay, right. Yeah, you can, I'll give you some time to think about this. Is okay. I'll have that, yeah. I was in a a, a a slightly sort of a tedious training session this afternoon, okay. and my finger was hovering above the purchase button of everybody's mm. golf. This has nothing to do with the fact that I got a letter today from my credit card company saying that they wrongly charged me interest and given me a great rebate. Yes. But nice. So I want you to try and convince me okay. to buy everybody's golf. We can come, I will. We can come back. I'll, I'll let you I'll let you well, ruminate on that. Have you ever had any interest in in football Pete? Yeah, I used to play. I used to... <laughs> Go on. I used to play for Langton Green. Langton who? Langton Green. Uh, who is it's that? a uh, slightly uh, podgy man. It? It's an equally posh area uh, in Kent near uh, Royal Tunbridge Wells, where I grew up, and um, oh they had a they had a football team. Okay, and. Uh, I wanted, and I, I was, I, I didn't really know where to play. I thought I was quite good in goal, actually. I was pretty good on the good pitch at that. helps. On the pitch is good, um, and I, yeah. So I, I played in goal for Langton Green for I think one match. <laughs> <laughs> Did you win? No, because no. I was in goal. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least, well, at least you knew. At least you were honest with yourself and didn't kid yourself into thinking that maybe this is something you could be good at. But I, I knew my career, my football career was finished when I substituted myself during a match. <laughs> <laughs> I just ran towards a sub bench, making that sign. You know, putting one hand over the other in a rotating motion. I was yeah. like, "Now nah, I've had enough." <laughs> just walked <laughs> off. I remember playing as, as as a kid for a team and just kind of getting bored halfway through the match. So just sitting there, kind of just kicking the floor, just kind of just, <laughs> kick, just like just staring down at my feet, kicking the floor. Like I'm just bored, and the, the match is happening around me. I I played for a few teams, but my my primary school team were hilarious because the wings were further apart than the actual goals were, and the goals were massively wide, and there was like gravel in the penalty area. So it was really choppy to kind of dive in for the goalie. This doesn't sound like a football pitch, I'm not going to lie. Isn't that a rugby pitch? Were you playing on a rugby pitch? Well, it probably doubled up as a rugby pitch as well. Okay, so that, that possibly questions why the goals are really wide and probably not used for diving in. I remember uh, playing a team in the next village when we beat them 12-1. And the only reason Ooh. they got that one was that they hit the ball and it bounced off my face into the goal. <laughs> was 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 Pete in goal for the other team? <laughs> I, love the, I love the fact that in some council ledger somewhere that score is recorded and it's like the perfect day and then this one like K Derby brackets O dot G close brackets. 
<laughs> Eating all the half-time origin oranges. <laughs> but I bought 11 sandwiches. <laughs> At least I wasn't in charge of the pre-match meals. Here's your sandwiches and crisps and yogurts. Now go run around. They're running off the pitch and, and the officials are there with frubes. Like, instead of a water bottle, just like... Yeah. What? <laughs> just squeezing a fruit down themselves. Main, mainlining from fromage fray. <laughs> Don't spill your fruit corner. <laughs> the player's injured on the ground. It's just like massaging like some petty faloo into their leg. <laughs> like, I remember the fact that we... like if, we, if, a, if a child didn't have shin pads, the teacher would just give us newspaper. What? To kind of fold up and stick down your socks. Yeah, that that that's like a really old kind of. That's the kind of story that you hear of like the kids, like in the war in Pete's Goodnight Sweetheart Pub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we used Just... to generally have that. Yeah. I'm actually I'm I'm actually hoping to go and have a golf lesson at some point. I would really like to go and um. Oh, isn't uh, this? Do that oh, oh, this is brilliant. This is. Oh, Pete, you were telling me this when we meet when we met up in Bristol just the other just the other week that mm. for your birthday you're taking yeah. a week off and you're yes and you're doing a different you're having a different life experience every day of that week every single day. <laughs> oh, so, hang on, um, hang on, hang on. Have you got have you got a plan as to what they will be? What's your itinerary like? Um, so I've got I've got like a hit list of stuff that I want to try. One of them is being a hitman. One of them is being a hitman, yeah. <laughs> Gonna shave my head and put a barcode on the back of it. Um, so basically, and there's. Kill people. Oh, yeah. Save that for the last uh, day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so there's basically a bunch of stuff I'd really like to try out. I'd love to go and because uh, I've done, I've been on a golf range before to do to driving range. Got driving, driving range, range mm-hmm. yeah. Driving range. Um, and I'd like to go and have a lesson. I'm going to go... I'd, I'd also like to do a snowboarding lesson, because I've never done snowboarding before. I'd like to go into the dry uh, ski slope and go try that out. Uh, there's a local place that does fencing. I've always wanted to try that as well. Um, there's a... And then there's like a bunch of other like fun things. There's, you, see, I there's th- a, you seem to have picked three things that need more than one lesson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He just assumes he's going to take to it like a duck to I don't, water. I don't, know how, I don't know how much you're going to get from one lesson of fencing. Yeah, no, Dan, I'm not saying... Well, I'm not. Uh, hold on a second. I've not said, oh, I'm going to go and do a fencing lesson and then I'll be one of the fucking musketeers. <laughs> I, what I'm saying is I'm going to go and try this thing and go, is this interesting? Like, well, <laughs> like you, you, These things, you need to have a few lessons to actually get to grips with it. Yeah, but but you can tell within the first like I would say probably first ten minutes of whether or not you like swords waved around in your face. Do you know what I mean? Like like same with golf. If if it's not something that comes naturally, if you start throwing the golf club down the driving range, it's probably not for you. Yeah, yeah but, but within the first ten minutes of being kind of having a golf lesson, you're not mm. going to be hitting it four hundred yards. No, but you if might I'm not like, even hit the ball. If I'm like, this is infuriating and I don't like it, then I'll just go, well, golf, probably something to just watch on the television then. And and just to let you know, unlike in everybody's golf, there isn't tornado cups, which I saw you Look, using the other day. Can I ask what a tornado cup is? Forgive my ignorance. So, a tornado cup. 
Um, I don't want to go into it too much because I really do want Sam to post it. Um, but Tornado Cup is, uh, and we'll talk about it another time. Tornado Cup is. I like the fact a... that Pete doesn't want to talk about it because he he worries it'll risk Sam not buying it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if I say I've, I've, it, I've, it'll put I've Sam already off. said that I want to have the conversation where he convinces me to buy it. A Tornado Cup. Well, now we're talking about it. Fine. Um, a Tornado Cup is um, there's different types of holes in uh, every day's uh, everybody's every golf. day's golf. Where Every day is golf. Uh, uh, every day is golf. Uh, the game, I'll talk about that in a second. But um, everybody's golf has um, like normal holes, as in like these just like normal sizes for uh, for a golf course. Uh, I don't know what you're laughing about there, Sam. Um, and then it has what are called mega cups, and mega cups are twice as big, so uh, they're much easier to putt into. And then there are tornado cups, which are uh, as big as mega cups, but they also will suck in uh, stuff that comes close to them. And the idea is that it's for sort of um, improving your um, chipping from uh, from the fairway onto the onto the green, rather than having to do putts and stuff like that. Okay. Um, so they're kind of yeah, it's kind of a fun spin. Um, I think if I was to say Sam, why you should purchase this, it's because it's the it's like it's a game that feels like it's fallen out of an alternative dimension where <laughs> clap hands yeah the studio that makes it mm-hmm. is actually a nintendo first party developer yeah um but sony snapped them up beforehand and just said okay make a nintendo game effectively make a nintendo sports game but here's the budget of a sony and all of the hardware and all of the fun tech stuff and the budget, uh, go ahead and make everybody uh, every every day uh, everybody's got um, <laughs> every day every day's got. You really want to make this game that doesn't exist? I know. <laughs> Just like the boring drudgery of golf every in a video golf. game. So the reason I say every day's golf is um, so the game has this thing in it whereby um, the game is all about unlocking stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, there's just tons and tons and tons and tons to unlock every single tournament that you play in and most of the tournaments are like 9 holes long so it takes about 10 maybe 15 minutes a, a tournament so it's really fun bite sized stuff um, you are unlocking like hats and trinkets and like earrings and trousers and shoes and clubs and balls and all sorts of stuff um, and it's all about unlocking things and uh there is an online mode which is very well developed that every single day there is a bonus course that if you register a nine-hole score on that bonus course, uh, you'll be put into world rankings. And based on the world rankings that you get, you'll get individual items that are only available on that day, uh, only available on that month, I should say. Um, and you'll get one of them uh, for, for, for submitting a rank to it. So the idea is that it, the game really wants you to come back, like an MMO, and do like dailies. It wants you to come back every single day and play a couple of rounds of golf and then uh, and, uh, uh, and register your score and then get all of these exclusive items that you're only ever going to get one time. Um, and because of that, they've made this really robust multiplayer. And basically, Sam, I think that this is our... This is our relax and talk rubbish to one another uh, sports game that replaces the 
uh, inimitable skate series. And okay. this is it, basically. So the few questions I've got, three questions, actually. I'm going to write this Go on. one down. Okay. Okay. Go on. No, so of, of what I've seen of it so far, mm, the one yeah. thing that's put me off is the fact mm-hmm. that everyone plays their shots at the same time right? and is yeah. running around the course. Is that really distracting? Yeah. No, because if, if they're if they're too close to you, uh, they basically just go invisible. So um, you don't see them. It's not like you're clipping through somebody else. Well, I don't mean it like that. For me, like the enjoyment of golf is, you know, the waiting to see what mm-hmm. your opponent does or dealing yeah. with the pressure of um, taking your shot first mm-hmm. to your opponent. So there is that. Um, if you play 16-player... Uh, tournaments, which is the normal single player stuff that you build up and up and up to get experience, mm-hmm. um, then you see everybody go all at the same time, and you just wait for them to do it. It takes you know the first five seconds, everybody's taking their shots, and then you can just relax and take your shot. Um, there is also match play, which uh, in which you see is you take your shot, your opponent takes their shot, ah. and you see what their shot is. Okay, so um, there is all of that stuff if you, if you, if you want it. Um, but honestly, it, it, it's not particularly distracting, and I wouldn't want to sit there. And it's no different to Tiger Wood, the, the Tiger Wood series, except for you just see them on the golf course doing their thing, rather than in Tiger Woods, where it was just like you don't see them make that incredible putt on hole fourteen. Um, well, in Tiger so, yeah. Woods, most of it you're just doing it solo play anyway. Exactly, the exactly. On your own. So okay, it feels much right. more like you're actually so one part of question down. So, as you mentioned, like the other thing that I've seen in the game yeah. uh, is that you unlock like better balls and better clubs and stuff. Yep. So, if I was to say, hmm, I don't know, buy this game tomorrow, and we sure. were like, I don't know, say, hmm, play at the weekend, yep. would you have access to better clubs than I would? Uh, and yes, balls? and I would have access to higher skills as well. So, um, the game has a leveling up feature. Whereby, if you constantly use a three wood, for example, you and you are very accurate with making sure that your power gauge is always one hundred percent, or your accuracy is very good, or you tend to use a lot of backspin, then you will improve those areas very incrementally. And I'm talking about like, like if you rank up to level twelve and your opponent's on level nine for power of a three wood, you might get another six yards, and that's not enough to to make it different. It, it will just be, it won't be enough to 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 um, affect the game significantly. The only area I think it maybe maybe might have a little bit of an effect is in the accuracy, uh, but even then, I don't think it's that big a deal. Um, but the, the the kit and stuff like that, you can you can determine going into the thing what you're actually going to use, and you can just say, well, let's just not use these items. And I'll be honest, I use normal clubs and I use normal balls. <laughs> Good. Okay. That's a quote. Question, question two. Okay, last question. So, yep. like, I've got a history with questions. with golf games. There's yep. there's a great on the Wii. Yeah. Is where I think they found um, one of the greatest. Their home. It's brilliant. There was yeah. one night where me, Dan, and a friend of ours, Chris, were you there as well? I was there with the mattress. With the mattress when we were playing I might have been there as golf. Well. I think I was well, there. Yeah, I think I was there. All right, okay. Was but, this in the hotel? Yeah. 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 
the hotel. We're at the top floor of a hotel playing Tiger Woods on a small, like, 13-inch... Living it up! 13-inch CRT TV. Um, But it's brilliant. But what I loved about those games is that, one, I was generally really good at them. And B, like, you could really get quite... Take deep deep dives into the technicals of it, like learn the Mm -hmm. undulations of a course... Like mm-hmm. play into wind, play into backspin, yep. Yep. you know, deal with like pin high positions and yep, different yep, yep. pin placements. Uh, never any different cup sizes. Um, mm-hmm. But you could also you could also dick each other over, couldn't you? Yeah. Oh, that was that was brilliant. Like if you shook the wee wand, whatever it's called. Um, yeah. Yeah. While someone had taken their shot, like the camera wobbled or something like that, or you could like brilliant. blow some air across the screen or something. So. Great. Uh, so as well as all like the happy jolly Japanese shower you with shit stuff mm-hmm. that you get in a game like this, is there also like is the technical side of it going to satisfy me? This is more technical than that Wii game, like by a long stretch. Like so, um, it doesn't obviously it doesn't have any of the motion control stuff, but uh, it, it uses a three press uh, input method. Oh yeah. Um, like like you will have seen in like PGA Tour '94. Yeah, ninety six or whatever. Um, like on the Vita version of Everyone's Golf. Uh, yeah. Um, in fact, the Vita version is very much. In fact, I think they even reference it in one of the loading screen messages that the Vita version is actually kind of a touchstone for them because it did really well. Um, and I think they take one or two bits of like. They mention clothing. that in one of the loading screens. It's a really weird Nintendo esque, very revealing game. Where like they'll talk about like they'll say things like, oh yeah, we've we've taken this course and this course from these previous games that we really love because we really like them, and you really oh. like them too. It's really strange. Um, yes, uh, it's far more te- technical. It's much more um, like um, yeah. So uh, the bright visuals absolutely hide a technically in both senses in terms of mechanical te- uh, technical level and um technical artistry and sophistication uh it is a uh yeah a, a technically very very um sound uh golf game and um to the point of um and it's all very rigorous to the point of I've been playing for probably four or five hours now and I can put the ball next to the next to the hole from from a tee off on a par three, and I'll know that I can get there relatively with with you know a pretty good degree of certainty, and that's because the mechanics are so rigorous. Like, if you want to have like tornado cups, then you can do that. If you want to have like slightly silly uh, characters, you can do that, and indeed, I do. Um, but at, at the end of the day, um, you need to know your um you know you need to know why a why why taking a risk and trying to push the ball just that ever so slightly little bit further um and get into an area of the fairway where yes you might be on a hill and it might take a weird bounce but if you can add a bit of spin then you can re- you can remove the amount that it will bounce against that hill and stay within that fairway and be ever so slightly further slightly closer to the uh, slightly closer to the to the hole from that from that tee shot it's 
it's very smart. Did anyone notice how? Um, thanks, Pete. Did anyone else notice how Pete just like gently slapped the gauntlet against my face during that diatribe? Yeah, yeah. I don't think there was anything gentle about it. <laughs> I can see the bruise I, on the side of your face. I think that I, on a par three, I land the ball pretty much every time close to the hole. All I'm saying is uh, that it's right, Sam. Uh, Pete will burn himself out on the game in a week's time, and you don't have to worry about <laughs> yeah, it. That's the thing. Like with everything, Pete, I will buy this and we'll play mm-hmm. a couple of games, and then you'll text me going, "Oh, I just had. To, I was playing it too much. Oh, I was just, just no, no. That's the thing, and 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 actually, it's no. Don't don't I, try and row back on this because Pete, there is a litany of games in your wake. <laughs> Of things that you've suggested to all of us. Which has filled our shelves as well as yours. Yes, Elder exactly. Scrolls. Brink. L- yeah, let's not forget the most recent addition to all this, which was Star Realms, which, to yeah. be honest, has swept through us all like a virus. Like, yeah, first of all, it. I was infected, then I passed it on to Chris, and Dan got yeah. a little bit infected, but then I passed it yeah. on to Lisa, and then Lisa passed it on to her yeah, brother. I, I applied passed- the ointment to the rash fairly quickly. Yeah, and then um, Lisa's brother's flatmate is now deadly into it, and we all still play. There's a there's a fair few of our listeners that are still hitting me up and playing Star Realms like they're loving yeah. it. And then yeah. you, patient yeah. zero, have the audacity to make us all buy this app and then go, oh, it's getting, getting a bit tired of this now, aren't you? Like, I uh, burnt myself out little, on it, do delete little, it. Do, do you want a little confession? You've reinstalled it, and you've not told anyone because you just want to play on your own. I, I just I just don't I just I just didn't want to open that again like I just didn't want to like it's not Pandora's box <laughs> it is though um, but I can see I can see everybody's golf taking up the same position not at the moment I'm playing it loads and loads and loads but I can see it taking up just the same stop. position can you just can you just can you that, just, can you, that just, Rocket League takes up which no, is Pete Rocket Pete. League is sat there and I play it every week yeah but I, I this is this this sounds perfect this sounds like you know, I'm I'm convinced I'm going to buy it, um, but can you can you just stop? Can you just stop and we'll we'll arrange a time like this weekend? Yeah, all right. To get yeah. and just, then that'll be that'll just, be nice. Just don't we'll play it. Yeah, burn we'll yourself play it. out on it. I'm like, not going to burn myself do out. Do with everything else. I'm not burn myself out. He's totally going to burn himself out on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> like little Dan with his packed lunch going to the gym. <laughs> The great, the great thing about um, Pete giving us all recommendations to do stuff is that you never that we all listen. loved. What? Yeah, it's true. That we all loved. Well, well you know, uh, some, I, some I, I think if you really want to dig that hole, there are there are many things under there that well, didn't pass that let's test. Just, let's just let's just skip over that. Yeah, go on, Sam. Well, it's just the fact that you never listen to our recommendations. <laughs> well, what would be one of your recommendations? Well, there is, well, there is one thing that I think, Sam, you've mentioned before, I've mentioned before, mm-hmm. and has mm-hmm. always fallen on deaf ears. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our fellow Chris has started his journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something I've wanted to talk about on the podcast for a very long time. And mm-hmm. fortunately, obviously, we discussed this last uh, last episode, and it's clear now, baby is still not here. That's why I'm here. Um, so <laughs> this potentially is like One in, to one be- out. This is potentially going to be one of my last podcasts for a while. So I wanted to kind of talk about this. And it's a perfect time because it's it's just finished. And that is the podcast series, The Adventure Zone. Which mm. is hands down, I think, one of, if not the best podcast 
I have ever listened to, and has that isn't made, this one. That isn't this one. That isn't this one. Um, yeah, and has given me an interest in Dungeons and Dragons as a as a, as a kind of as a game, as a concept, as RPGs, as overall, which I never thought I would be interested in, and hearing and listening to the story being told and the way the game is played with the people who run it it's run by um uh three brothers who also do the podcast my brother my brother and me which is griffin travis and justin mcelroy and their father clint mcelroy so there's the four of them that do the podcast um and they play dungeons and dragons and they played this they played this campaign over 69 episodes over i think mm. three years it's just finished now literally in the last couple of weeks and it is just a phenomenal piece of work, mm-hmm. and we have we have mentioned this numerable times, numerous times. And Pete, you've not been overly enthusiastic when we have given you repeatedly saying you will like this, you will like this, this will enrich your life, and your response has been, "Nah, you're right." What's mm. your reasoning for this? We are your friends. We accept your offerings. When we you were say able... to us, let's play Elder Scrolls Online. Yeah, let's play Brink. Hey guys, why don't you listen to the Magic Tavern? Or maybe Football Atletico Mints. And we all do it. We all listen yeah. to everything. We buy everything. We all enjoy it. We consume it. Um, I, uh, <laughs> we decide it's not for us. We all enjoy it. The um, No, I just... I, honestly, I just haven't been... I just haven't figured a time where I've gone, yeah, I'll give that a go. I, I, like I just, I've been going through podcasts a lot. Let's say like Magic Tavern. Like I went through that from start to finish, and I really wanted to just get through it, so I didn't want to start anything brand new. Um, so you I've finished actually it. Caught, yeah. I've okay, so now you there. got a little spot open. Yeah, exactly, exactly. For a, and for so a there is an based story podcast. There you go. Exactly. So so absolutely, uh, now would be the time for me to do that. Uh, but oh. But, mm, big but. Except, uh, I just got a load of Audible books. Oh. So, they can wait. No, they can't. Why? Because. Go on. People read two books at a time all the time. Yeah, I do. That's okay. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. No, I can't think. And of it's it. also okay. it's not it's not the same. Those are two different things. A podcast where somebody's playing a game is. It's not. It's not like Pete. You're cooking tonight. Ah. Uh, Recipe book. Sorry, I've already started another book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let, me, let me just sit down with County Monte Cristo, see if they mention any uh, tasty recipes for this evening. And the Count sat at his kitchen and cooked up a nice penne bolognese. Pete, what's that say um, over there? Uh, I'm sorry. Um... Yeah, I'm currently <laughs> reading something. But, but Dan, okay, well, do you, do you, do you think, do you think though, Pete, that you pro- you've probably got the same condition that Dan has, which I mm. like to call wireism? Where I tell Dan how great The Wire is and it's the best TV show ever made. Sure. But yep. the thing that looms over him more than most is A, his stubbornness, and B, sure, yeah. the fact that there's been five series of it. Each season is about 13 seasons long. You know, that's like 50, you know, over like 60 hours yeah. of can TV I, viewing. Can I, can I just intercede a- briefly there just to defend myself? Yeah. Um, yeah. You have many times told me to watch The Wire, and mm-hmm. there is a single reason why I have not watched The Wire, and mm-hmm. that is the fact that I do desperately want to watch The Wire, but I mm-hmm. feel that it will be such a good show, 
I don't want to. I want to be able to set aside some time to be able to watch it, and I don't now, want to why, have to dip in. Why a burnout does exist, Dan, and it kicks in about season three, just to what, just to warn you. Well, that and that's a but. Yeah, but I want. I don't want to have to be able. To, I don't want to have it as something to dip in, dip out for. I want to be able to dedicate time with it, just like when I first uh, started watching Breaking Bad, I watched it throughout. So you, so what you're saying is you found a thing that you really wanted to 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 absorb, and then you just went out and you got into it really big style. Like you went, you you got into it like start. No, to I didn't. I didn't uh, like. like what, I didn't watch a couple of episodes of Breaking Bad and decide to watch every single film Brian Cranston ever made. <laughs> that is, there, there is a difference between what you do and what I do. I like something, so why watch it? What's well, the history of methamphetamine? Yeah. Um, <laughs> But but I can I can but still I think my point is is because obviously Pete knows that there's sixty nine episodes of this most episodes are about an hour and a half long. Oof, um, it's a little bit of that, and it's that's a nice that's a nice phrase wireism. Um, wireism. But actually, I think it's mostly, if I'm very honest with myself and with you, um, I think it's mostly the same reason that I didn't watch Breaking Bad. Better Call Saul, uh, Lord of the Rings for the longest time. That other one that's not Lord of the Rings, but is like at least like a grumpier Lord of the Rings. The Hobbit. No. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Grumpy uh, Lord, uh, of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> He's right. <laughs> Staying in reviews. Staying <laughs> um, Game of Thrones. So uh, I think uh, like same with Twenty Four. Same with uh, Lost. Grumpier version of the, the Man from Uncle. <laughs> <laughs> Um, like I think it's, I think it's partly because I miss the, I miss being part of the zeitgeist for like the season one because everybody's already watched it by the time I hear about it, um, and so they're on to season two, and so I'm like, mm. but mostly I think it's because everybody's watching it. Like I think there is a little bit of me that goes, I don't want to watch it because it's popular. Like you want to be contrary, basically. Yeah, be a bit contrarian, but, essentially. And that, that's, I, I understand that, but surely, when yeah. your good friends suggest mm. something, yeah, that feeling shouldn't still permeate. You shouldn't still no, but, have that feeling of no, I don't want to do that because you're doing it. We're your friends. Yeah, because you lose it. <laughs> something to us. We accept it. We embrace it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And 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 I, but the the desire to be the coolest kid. On the playground, uh, somewhat overrides all of that. Um, if the no, I, 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 playground listens to a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty lame. Um, but no, I will absolutely. Have, what's, so, what's this called? Adventures? Why? Why should I be so excited about it? I know I, I like the McElroys. They seem really nice. Because um, uh, I, I, I did used to listen to um, my brother, my brother Three, and me. Yeah, that one. Um, and uh, they all seem really nice. I, I'm I'm okay with the idea of listening to a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. What is it that sets this Dungeons and Dragons podcast aside from literally all the other ones that exist? For me, uh, I'd say two two parts. One, uh, and this probably is apparent over the course of the entire series, rather than if you just listen to maybe one or two episodes. The DM, who is Griffin McElroy. Oh yeah, he's a phenomenal DM, yeah. and he's he's the story that 
like 95% of the story is his original story and it's incredible and he builds in lots of different stuff but the other side is with a lot of kind of popular podcasts and it's because they are brothers and their father it's the interrelationship the laughing the joking that's what makes it interesting and they have such an easy chemistry that it it invites you straight away i'd not i'd listened to one or two episodes of my brother and brother and me i wasn't that kind of um familiar necessarily with their personalities but it didn't take me long at all to get into adventure zone because very quickly you get to know the dynamic of that group and that's for me that's what puts it kind of head and shoulders above other dungeons dragons podcasts and just other podcasts in general is it a comedy yes well yeah okay it's a bit like listening to one of our dread in, um, encounters. Mm. Mm. We take it a bit seriously. There's a rules there. We follow the rules. We take them, but we kind of flirt with the rules slightly. And there's there's wonderful kind of wonderful bits of coincidence and just wry humour that kind of goes through between that. And it is effortless to listen to actually. Um, there is um, Dan kind of coached me through it. There is the first episode, the pilot, which is basically world building. But if you're not interested in the world building, you can just skip. I think to episode two they do yeah they also release an abridged version of the first episode which cuts a lot of the the setup out of it if if you're not interested in that if you're interested in the kind of the dungeons and dragons game and kind of setting up Mm. for that then that is interesting to hear this group of people put it all together and it kind of if you're not familiar that's for me it was really kind of useful to be like okay so this is how it works this is how you set up a character this is the conversations that happen around that Mm. and they also toe the line beautifully between not taking Dungeons and Dragons in terms of its mechanics and its rules too seriously and then also just not being dicks for the sake of it. Right. So there's yep. not all of they Griffin doesn't necessarily make them you know have to be so aware of like how far away they are from a target or you know actually um you know how many moves that they are you know action points that they're using up obviously it's not ridiculous but because they don't really delve too deep into that minutiae the um the story just ends up just flowing a lot better and there's a lot more rhythm Mm. but then they never take liberties with that either they realize that they are all sole collaborators in a piece of fiction between the four of them it's not the dm versus three people it's four people right. all together like i've heard of uh, a friend of mine a friend of the podcast percival like he has dm'd for people and their approach from it is literally just try to push the dm as far as they can in terms of like we burn the village down and it's yeah. like well you know we we steal their food in the village and it's just like well that's not you know i'm trying to take you on a journey guys i'm trying to yeah. take you somewhere like try and try and play the game and because they're all similar they're all part of a family they all share the same sort of creative palette and endeavor and so you right. really get that sense that they're all working together and towards something and also their dad's really dorky and he's he's hilarious he just makes dad jokes all the time and he and he's like a radio host in his job so he's yeah. got a really incredible voice um 
and some of the jokes he makes he's he's just like generally really inappropriate and there's some great moments when he starts like getting romantically involved with characters yeah. and they're just like dad oh my god i'm such a scar for life dad just stop it because <laughs> they like, realize what? at that point that the 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 dm who's his son is going to have to go through a romantic encounter with his own dad <laughs> that's great <laughs> I was very lucky enough to go to Sam's last Sunday. You were. Everyone. Everyone's always lucky. The gift that keeps on giving. And I actually, um, for those who listened to the last pod, I was meant to be there at that time and that day. I was going. I was just about to ask that. An improvement yeah. by a week or a day <laughs> or whatever it was. Um, so we played a range of games, but one of the, f- I think the first one we played was Zubal, which was uh, a game designed by a friend of the show. Duncan Malloy, who's also Disclaimer. in the pod. Um, produced by Osprey Games. Just for a bit of background, this is the same people that do Odin's Ravens, King is Dead. Escape from the Odin's of Outer Space. Frostgrave. Yeah. Yes. All sorts of stuff. Okay, cool. Um, and this is a game Sam bought. Mm-hmm. And um, essentially, picture yourself this. A square football pitch and... Um, the same material that one would have for like a Subutio, you know, that lovely material. Felt. Felt. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but sometimes like, because it would get creased, you'd, you'd have to ask your parents if one of them would iron it for you when you were a child. So it would, there'd be no creases when you're playing Subutio on it. And then one of your parents would just step on the figures and that would be the end of the game. Oh, but that, that Subi- sounded like it came from a genuine... I feel like we genuine... just kind of stepped into an odd memory of Chris's there. Yeah. So sorry. You stepped into sorry. Pete's pub? Sorry, it just brought up a lot of stuff. Um, we'll get through it. Um, they stepped on Dwight York, obviously. Um, and so you've got these like little discs, though. There's no chance of that happening, though, because what you've got instead of these little plastic superior players is discs. And on these discs are different animals um, that are kind of almost like anthropomorphized, so dressed in sporting gear. And you have um, each player. You can play at two players or up to four players. Got newspapers down the socks and That's stuff. It, yeah, with little shin pads. Um, you've got um, your what are the name of the figures, Sam? Familiarise me with those. What are they called? You've got the two discs, which are like the goalie. Oh no, the your, the thing you have to shoot into the enemy's tornado hole. You know, you've got like the yellow ones and the ones that are. You got your, your blockers. Oh right, okay. You got one? three blockers and a yep. scorer on each team. Mm-hmm. And you essentially, you can either flick your scorer, and your aim is to try and get the score into the, uh, the opposition circle, um, or you can flick all three of your blockers to try and shield your circle from them trying to kick and flick their score into yours. And when I looked at it, and we talked about this before, initially I was thinking, hmm, I'm not sure this is my cup of tea. Yeah. And then, then I played it. Right. Because when we think of dexterity games, for me, my... The most recent experience of dexterity game is a game like Flick 'em Up, which Sam also owns and introduced. Me to. Which, which I will say this: I didn't think I would like dexterity games, and I really liked Flick 'em Up. So yeah. I'm more than prepared to give um, this this game a go. Well, you know how Flick 'em Up, where basically it's the Wild West, and you're flicking back and forth figures trying mm-hmm. to take down the enemy. There's yeah. a bit. There's a lot of kind of stop start as you're trying to si- you know size up your shots. Yeah, and it's a little bit stilted. Zoo Ball isn't that at all. It's zoo ball is fast, it's frenetic. Because it's a square pitch, you can walk around it quite easily, kind of going, doom, 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 just flicking frantically. And the games are really quick. It's the first of three points. And I really enjoyed it. It started to 
um, evoking me those memories of Sabutio as a child, mm. that enjoyment. Is it, is it turn-based? Yeah. Well, oh, it is. Yeah, so one person flicks either their scorer or their three blockers right. and the other person flicks theirs, basically. And right. because right. because of that turn-based, what it, what it does is that when you flick your blockers, you're almost making a declaration and that, that on that turn you're playing very defensively. Mm. And if, if you're really clever, you can get yourself into a position where you can flick your blocker into your scorer and use that as... And you can score that way as well. So there are, like, defensive tactics that you can use to actually get a goal. But because you've got that sort of um, very... Um, binary decision of I'm going to use this turn to either shoot for goal or I'm going to use this turn to play a defensive manoeuvre, the game is always in this constant ebb of flow of oh my god I'm defending, I'm defending, I'm defending oh my god Chris is going to score, Chris is going to score and then something happens and that tension relieves and it's just like right now's my chance, right I'm going to go on the attack and you, mm. and pin your opponent back against their goal and the game is always just like talking going back to talking about football like football's always at its most entertaining when you're going end to end when there's a chance at one end of the field then there's a chance at another end of the field and that is what Zubal does really well in its simplicity the four play variant sounds really exciting as well because how that works is on the same felt board you've got four goals, four different coloured goals in each of the corner. Everyone has the same amount of team the same amount of players on their teams. So you've got the same four, three blockers, three blockers and one scorer. You can only score by getting your scorer into the goal on the opposite side, on the diagonal side of the of the pitch. But because it's first goal wins, you've also got to defend the other three goals. Brilliant. So because of that, and I'm yet to play a four-play game, but already in my head I can just imagine how that flow of defence and attack and defence and attack is just heightened in a four-play game where really mm. you just got to be on it in terms of actually defending not just your goal but two of your opponent's goal while also trying to score in another goal across the way. Like that just it's, It is beautiful in its simplicity, Zubal. Uh, okay, so this... Um, okay... So, I, I, there were two things that really put me off uh, this when I first saw it, and it was the flick em up thing. And actually, you've explained it as uh, as a game about essentially that boils down the theme to sort of breaks within in in foot. Is that what it's called? Breaking? Is that what it's yeah. called? Yeah, yeah. So um, counter attacks. Counter attacks, in, in, and that actually sounds really really exciting. It doesn't have to stay its welcome either. It's a no. frenetic. It can be a really frenetic game, even if it is turn-based. But the other thing that slightly put me off is the art. Okay. So the the art looks a lot like, um, and I, I don't necessarily think it's bad art, but it reminds me a lot of what is it? Is it Animals of Farthingwood? No, I think I know Richard Scarry's uh, big big world of adventure. You know where all the animals like lived in a big apple and flew around in helicopters. Right. Yes. Yes. Reminds me of that. And I, I just think it's a personal taste thing where it, I just don't, I don't think I like that. 
I don't the think art, I like that. I, I can see that about the art on the box, but the art on the that you then stick onto your. So as part of, and this is a really nice touch, and it's kind of something that's you know, that's like a stick of rock through Osprey in terms of like the components and thinking about the mm, player experience. Mm. So they nail every single time. Is it you're given enough stickers to make six teams? Hmm. But you're only given us counters to make four, so you can really uh... make the team bespoke to. Oh, that's nice. Like either different animal groupings or different players that you might like. You'd like, oh, I never figure a penguin and a hippo would be on the same team with each other. That's hilarious. And the actual art on the on the actual uh, stickers themselves is, I think, is a lot is a lot a better okay. demonstration of that style than the one the one that's that on the box big art. Box art. So, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. That sounds really good then. Because to be honest, Pete, I'm a bit of a snob when it comes to art in games. You are. Like, oh, I am, I really am. Sam Massive. knows this. Cause Battle Line's a great example. Great game, but I went by it because I just don't like the art. But yeah. not a problem with me and Zubal. Okay. And I agree with you on the art, but it's not a problem. You don't. I mean, it's it's just a nice novelty. I mean, Sam yeah, had a right. penguin as his scorer. I, had a, I think it was a beaver or an otter. Yeah. It's, it's really thematic because at the end of the day, you start... You don't worry about the art. Instead, you start imagining actually what's happening on the on the gotcha. pitch because gotcha. because there's, all the scorers are really small, slight animals like um, penguins and otters, and all the blockers are quite large, like giraffes and hippos and lions. It's like a rugby so match. You you really do imagine this pitch where there's just like these massive like a hippo faces up against a tiger and like they're wrestling with each other and they don't notice the penguin that's going between their legs and like <laughs> running to the like running it's to like the bed knobs and broomsticks yeah exactly and that and, and that's what i really liked about the game it's like you have these and it comes back down to the mechanics as you have these moments where blockers clash against blockers and then just a hole appears where this little penguin like dashes through and scores a goal um, it's really good I've had 8 Minute Empire for about a year and a bit now. And um, I played it once when I got it. And Alex and I didn't really like it. It's a competitive game. And we didn't we don't really like playing competitive games uh, together. And um, it was fine. And I was like, mm, fine. Then recently, a friend of the show, Greg Giddens, came over. We had a lovely day. And we played 8 Minute Empire because I'd sort of... Um, emotionally bullied Alex into letting us play it. Um, and uh, and she was like, all right, fine. If you'll show you. And we started playing it, and it was great. It is a worker placement game in which you have a small little map in front of you, and above the map are six cards. And each of these six cards costs a certain amount of coins to take uh, once you take one of those cards, you immediately then perform one of the actions on the cards. Oh. And uh, you... Uh, so that will be, for example, put uh, some armies onto the map. It will be move some of those armies. It will be uh, form a settlement. It will be uh, remove an opponent's army. Um, and then you then add it into your hand, uh, uh, or I should say, in, you then add it into your pile... And there's resources on those cards. So, for example, there's iron and diamonds and I think carrots and stuff like that. And then at the end of the game, uh, you can get victory points based on how many of those specific resources you have. But you also get vi victory points on 
how you've conquered the island in front of you. Um, it sounds it sounds a little bit like kind of like civilization meets mm. the king is dead. Is that am uh, I on the right path? Mi- it's much more towards king is dead than than civilization. It's not uh, nearly in terms of civilization, the scope of continents and regions stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yes, okay. Well, the king yeah, is dead um, element of kind of playing against each other to win regions. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, yeah, it's much more king is dead than than, than anything else. But yes, uh, large scale regions and so forth. Um, and you play all of this with little wooden cubes, and the the as the, the game suggests, eight minute empire. Um, it is a very quick game. Um, it's not as quick as eight minutes. Um, I, I would say I've, I've never I've never played a game that lasted uh, less than fifteen. But it's very quick, strategic worker placement, and you know, uh, card taking exploration game. And I played it again. I loved it. Okay, uh, and that was great. And then I noticed that they that there was a company doing a digital version that was coming out soon, and I was like, "Oh, okay." And then, literally an hour before this podcast recording, um, the people that make it, Akram Digital, uh, released the iOS version because uh, I had I was I had it wishly wishlisted on Steam, and so I downloaded the iOS version. Is this the new thing? Uh, this is the new thing. Don't shake your heads. This is, um, yeah, so this is a, it's the, obviously it's the exact same game. They've really replicated that well. Um, It's very, very, um, it's very uh, segmented turn-based. Everything you do is within your turn. So it's absolutely built for online play. Um, It is kind of it's not a euro game because you can attack your opponents but it's very very passive in that way there's not a lot of attacking your opponents um and the digital translation has been really really faithful i've played a couple of games of it and let me tell you eight minute empires is too long that thing is like five minutes a game and it is brilliant for it really like like that's that's the thing like the way you're describing it i can't (laughs) Because the way you describe it, it seems like there's a, a delicate balance between mm-hmm. going for the resources or just trying to conquer. So that sort of Catan-esque sort of yes. balance of do you just go for victory points mm-hmm. and kind of like getting a nice balance or do you just go for overall dominance? And like I can't, in my head, like I can't see how that fits into... A nice sort of tight fifteen minute. So experience. the re- the reason that it's so quick is because there's only ever a limited number of turns. If you're playing in two players, it's only thirteen turns. If you're playing with four, okay. it's like nine or something like that. So the game is all is automatically limited. So there will be whole regions. Sometimes there's even whole continents. You just won't explore. You just won't go anywhere near. Um, whereas. Uh, I mean, if you want to sit down and take your time with it and really think about where it is that you're going to go, then it 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 work it works in that capacity as well. But the it t- being translated into a digital experience really streamlines a whole bunch of that, and most importantly, actually streamlines. Do you know what one of the best things about the Ticket to Ride game was? Let me tell you, it was not having to count everything up at the end of the game. That is super tedious in Ticket to Ride, and in Eight Minute Empire, the that end bit is. Uh, is equally for me is equal like somebody who's like you know jittery with, 
can't account. Uh, like to me, that last bit is 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 the bit that I'm like, eh, I could do with, with this being automated. Um, it just it just streamlines all of that. It just streamlines all of that. Um, and it's good from what I've been playing of it. And I'm going to play it a whole bunch more. Uh, I, I get burnt out on it. And get burnt out on it. Um, it's it four ninety nine. Is... So if we want it, we have to pay for it. Exactly. No, never again. Um, nope. It's um, so here's here's the thing. Uh, it's iOS, Android, Steam, um, and it's all cross platform. So again, it's play with all your pals. Like in Star Realms, it's very very good. I'm gonna play it a little bit more before I before I start. But this is the thing. But but this is the pattern. It starts all over again. You got burnout and star rounds. Couldn't play it. Had to delete it. Now you've you already something got else. something now that's going to start taking over. That's going to start yeah. taking no. you past I'm, everybody's but this gone. Didn't with t- but this didn't happen with Ticket to Ride. We played a couple of games, enjoyed it well enough, and then we're sort of like moving away from it now. Yeah, but you also did say, "Shall we buy the expansion?" Yeah, and I did buy the expansion, and neither and none of you did. Yeah, because no. we learnt. We, know how, to the we know how this pattern goes. Mm-hmm. This is not our first time. Well, fine. But, um, yes. I Ironically, though, the expansion that Pete did buy would actually probably make it a better playing experience. Yeah, because it's tighter. Mm-hmm. And has a few more mechanics. Um, yes, I think that that's... I think Eightman Empire, um, the digital adaptation... I think, the, first of all, the board game, brilliant. And we'll play that next time you guys are all around. It's a small little box and it's great and you'll love it. Awesome. The digital version... I think it is really good, and I'm going to play it a little bit more. And then when I'm like, yes, let's keep playing this, then I will start doing the daily WhatsApp messages of... We should... Uh... When, I, when I lived in Chester, my local board game shop, I went in there, when I started getting into board games again, I said, what's a good game to play? And he said, 8-Minute Empire was the best value game in his shop. Really? What you got for the price. It's art by it's Ryan Lockett who's designed it. He's one of those very rare people. He's also a board game designer and artist. He does all the art for his games Sorry, as well. What's his name? I couldn't figure out how to pronounce it. Ryan Lockett. 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 Okay. I thought it was Law Cat. History will decide which one will be the one that people will say. <laughs> they will look back at this moment to this podcast and they will say, That is where the decision was made. I miss those. Da- I kind of miss those days when, like, on a Saturday morning, I get like a cereal box and I just eat like Frosted Freddies out of the box straight away and watching cartoons. Or you can still do that, Chris. You're an adult. Yeah, you're an adult. Yeah, I know, but I f- I'd feel sick, to- more sick. The only now. difference now you have to My buy sweet the tooth yourself. My sweet tooth is kind of going as I'm getting older. I'm finding like I, I find I'm much more interested in savoury food and sweet food. It's right. They do they do plain shreddies as well. It's not just frosted. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Salted shreddies. Yeah, I remember once no. overdosing on Angel Delight. <laughs> oh, what? I literally, strawberry Angel Delight. I ate like a packet and a half of it to myself. Um, that, that what was dry? The I've ever been. No, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, I just snorted it down. I'm just gonna wash this down with a glass of milk. Oh God! Like what Dan Sam did with squash once at, at university. Oh my God! Yeah, we all remember that story. Yeah, when I, great story. I used to, before I go to bed at university, I used to make myself a bottle of squash. But using an old bottle of squash, sure, you, know, so yeah, you get yeah, maximum yeah. volume, and at the end, yeah, definitely. you just like fill it up and take it away with you during the day. And yeah. I came home one night, and I must have been drunk or something, and I woke up in the middle of the night and drank from this bottle that was side of my bed. 
Yeah. And mid sort of flow, just gulping this juice down, I realised I was just drinking pure squash. Whoa. Now, my mum, when I was a kid, told me that if you drink pure squash, you died. <laughs> <laughs> and for some reason, this had permeated yeah. into me, even into my like early twenties. And I thought, oh, so good lesson. Oh my god, I'm going to die! So I went. To, so I looked at the bottle of squash and worked out in my head how much water I'd roughly have to drink to even it out. Got myself a glass. I was standing in the middle of my room, drinking this water, and then just like jiggling my belly around <laughs> <laughs> to try diluting it in my stomach. I'm afraid, Mrs. Turner, he died. Oh, what was what was it, husband? It was it was Robinson's disease. <laughs> If you've been affected by Robinson's disease, we're, we're we're not a bright, particularly clever bunch, are we? Really, <laughs> his veins were just syrup. <laughs> that was staying in with myself, Sam Turner, Peter Willington, Chris Darby, and of course Daniel Frost, who at the time of recording was an expectant father. But briefly after we recorded, like a few days, not a few minutes, um, Dan's first son was born and it's with great honour and pride that I can take this opportunity to welcome Toby Daniel Frost into this world. Six pounds, ten ounces of the boy. So congratulations to Dan and Holly. Hopefully Dan will be back on the podcast very soon but of course he's got very important duties. He's got to try and convince a newborn child how to play Pandemic Legacy. That's it for this episode of Staying In. If you liked what you heard, then please rate and review us, like, subscribe on Twitter, Apple Podcasts, wherever you are picking this up. It all helps to make us feel warm and fuzzy inside. And Dan's got a kid now, so you've got to be nice. Until next time, ta-ra.